So let's continue in that healing flow as the baskets are going around. Uh, if you know you need to be healed in some way, that may not be physical, it may be heart healing that God wants to do, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you know you need a download of strength, whether it's emotional or physical uh, or spiritual, just raise a hand for me because I want others to see that hand and to come and gather around you and pray in faith and pray in joy and pray with agreement that God will do all that he will do. So look around you, see the hands raised, come and gather around these people, agree with them for more of God, for the strength of God, for the joy of God to be poured in. And let's see the testimonies begin to flow as the Holy Spirit works in our midst. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. to read to you where that phrase the joy of the Lord is your strength comes in the scripture which oops, <laughs> except my page just turned Hold on. this is Nehemiah when the people saw what the word of the Lord said they all started to grieve because they realized what a mess they were and any of you who raised a hand may have felt guilty or grieved that, oh, gosh, I need prayer. This is terrible. But Nehemiah said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. And then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord. Mm. This day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. Do not be grieved. There is a reason to not be grieved. Yes, you may be suffering in some way, but do not be grieved. 
for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, Father, we agree for everyone who raised a hand and anyone who didn't but received prayer as well. We agree right now this morning that you are here right now. You're here with your joy. You're here with your strength to bring the fullness of heaven into every life. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. You are here to bring heaven into our lives. And we choose joy. We choose you because your joy is our strength. And we say yes to you. Yes to your answers, to everything that grieves us. In our lives, in our world, whatever it may be. Everything that grieves us. We choose not to grieve because you are greater. And so we declare it together. You are God. You are greater. Your joy is our strength. And we choose you right now. Amen. Whew. Thank you so oh, sorry. Thank you so much, Alex and Renee. I love when we get to have DJ worship, don't you? <laughs> it's just so much fun. I love it. And thank you, all of you, for who you are. You know, I was, it's great when we have DJ worship, I get to kind of stand at the back and watch and see what's going on. Just looking around this room, I'm really thankful for every single person in this room. There's just something special about every single one of you that I'm so glad you're here. Whether you've been here every week, whether you've just come back for the first time in forever, <laughs> or whether you've just found us, I'm thankful for you that you are here, every single one of you, because we're going to meet with God together. And what God put on my heart, and, and let me give you fair warning here, I'm going to do some more kind of announcement-y type things in just a second, but give you fair warning in case you want to run away. We're going to be interactive today, okay? So don't think, oh, I've got to settle in and listen to Mark for 30 minutes, or even 45 minutes, or even an hour, but it's not going to happen. There's plenty of content for this morning, don't think that, but we're going to be interactive, okay? So you can just settle that in your heart and brace yourself for that. I want to say a couple more thank yous. So I want to say thank you to John and to RJ who came in yesterday to help dismantle the drum shield. Did you notice the stage got bigger while you weren't looking? Yay. <laughs> uh, by next weekend, we'll actually have an electronic drum kit somewhere. We're still working out how to lay it all out, but it's wonderful that we're able to make another step forward. And instead of consigning some percussionist into a box where they're invisible, <laughs> they're all going to be together on the platform, which is wonderful. So uh, you two, thank you so much for all your help yesterday. That was very precious. And uh, I wanted to let you know very briefly, Jane is in the UK for this week. Um, thank you all for praying for my dad. He is definitely preparing to meet Jesus. Uh, we just don't know exactly when. Uh, but Jane is in the UK this week. She arrived safely this morning. And uh, uh, she comes back next Saturday. So she'll be here next Sunday. God being good to us all. And then I will leave on Monday. That's on Valentine's Day. That's romantic, isn't it? Bye, darling. I'm getting on a plane. But I'll leave on Valentine's Day. And I'll be back for the men's weekend, uh, which is the last weekend of February. So if you're a man in this room, I want to see you at the men's weekend. You knew that already, I think, because I've told you all multiple times, but I'm just telling you again, I want to see you there. And if you're not here Friday night, I'll come get you. <laughs> <laughs>
but we would like you to register, okay, so that we know who's going to be here, because the registration covers things like uh, bringing in one of the speakers from further away, as well as the food we're going to share together, and that kind of stuff. So please register. The details are in the email that went out whenever that was, Thursday, was it? Um, Anybody read their emails? When, when did the email come out? Yeah, it was sometime this week, yeah. Okay, and if you need me to send that to you again, let me know after the meeting. Um, and then this coming Thursday, uh, our more on Thursday evening is going to be soaking. And Ira is going to lead that. Did you want to say something about that, Ira? <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful time together in God's presence. Um, so at 7 o'clock on Thursday... We're going to meet in that room instead of in here. I'm going to bring my own equipment and just a small setup. And we'll have pillows and blankets and whatnot so you can act, relax and receive from the Lord and just have him speak to you. We'll have different stations like a journaling station or I'll try to think of a few others that we can have. But just come and receive at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Wonderful, thank you. Love those more evenings on Thursdays where we get to go a little deeper together. But on Sunday mornings, we're also preparing to have more depth, and that's why we're going to be interactive together. I want to talk about changing culture, which is why I'm so pleased for some of the words God was giving during the worship, because all of us, as we look around, our hearts feel the need for cultural change, right? But I've got good news for you. God has an answer to cultural change. Would you turn to the person next to you and say, it's you? <laughs> and it's me. Yeah? There's enough capacity, even in this room, to change the culture of the Myrtle Beach area. Did you know that? Now, we're not the only ones doing this. But there's enough capacity in this room. Jesus changed the world with 12, right? How many other in here? At least twice that. Maybe three times that. Okay? So we got three times what Jesus started with. We can change the world too. What led me into this? Uh, let's read Romans 12 together, if we may. Um, just a few verses of it. Romans 12, starting from verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, because the word means people, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I'm going to hit pause there. I wasn't planning to, but just keep your finger in that. It's by testing that you discern what is the will of God. Anybody in this room been having a hard time the last week or two? You are getting closer to discerning the will of God because it's testing. Okay, Testing doesn't mean God's angry with you. Testing means God's showing you how much you've gained of his wisdom how much you've gained of his will, and how much more he wants to give you of all of that. So anyway, that was a free bonus. Verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. 
each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Say, use them. Okay. Anybody in this room have gifts? Anybody in this room breathing? Okay, the same question. All right, if you're breathing, you have gifts. We all do. Okay, but what are we going to do with them? Use them, yes. Thank you. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Another quick squirrel chase. It was human beings who put the dividers into your Bible, you know, the verses and the titles and all of that, okay? We just keep on reading past the gaps so we get the full thrust of what it is that Paul is telling us here. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Now, in the church, historically, we've been very good at the first half and not so good at the second half. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. We need to hold fast to what is good because it's the answer to what is evil. We don't change the world by telling the world what's wrong with it. We change the world by getting hold of what God's answers are and de demonstrating them. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. We could go on, but I'm going to stop right there because, like I said, it's going to be interactive this morning. You may or may not know the person sitting next to you, but as a practice at outdoing one another in showing honor, I would like you to say something nice to the person sitting next to you, something about them that you are impressed by. And if you're sitting on your own, you can find someone else to sit next to for this section. Tell the person next to you something you appreciate. Right, you may have to save the rest of it for afterwards or slip it into the next interaction moment. But how was that? Was that good to receive something affirming and honoring from somebody who knows you or maybe somebody who doesn't know you but has observed you? It's good, right? God created us to need that kind of interaction and to flourish with that kind of interaction. Okay, 
That doesn't happen in our society today, anything like as much as it ought to. Our culture needs changing. And like I said, I want us to talk about changing culture. I want to see what we can come up with together in this gathering that will help us to change culture. Now, there's a business maxim or a, a kind of a, a leadership principle that values change culture. What you value brings change to your culture. And there's some truth to that, although I'm going to disagree with it later. <laughs> but let's just presume I'm not for a moment, okay? Values change culture. Because if you don't have values, then you don't know how to change culture. Okay, it's got to start with values. So talk to me a little bit about what our values are as a church family. I'll let you think about that for just a second. I'm going to throw out a couple that I think will help you to spark your thoughts, and then we'll throw it open and see what people want to say. I believe that we are moving out of religion and into relationship. I believe that we're moving from division to unity. I believe that we're moving from pretending or hiding and into transparency. I believe that we value moving from darkness to light. I believe that we are moving from distance to intimacy with God, yes, but also with one another. I believe that we see people or seek to see people as God sees them. Okay, that just gave you a few minutes to, to think. Somebody call out for me. What values do you believe we share together as a church family? What values have you seen in your time with us? Right, so empathy rather than being uncaring and distant. Thank you, Jeannie. Gratitude. That we're um, appreciating people in a, in a sense that I thank you for God. When you said that statement to all of us, how appreciative you are of us, whether we come, gone, been here, I think there's a heart of gratitude, of appreciating who you are for what you are. I love that. Yes. Thank you, John. Carol? I believe we are including and not excluding. That's good, isn't it? I believe that we are... Sorry. <laughs> um, distancing ourselves from not using Christian platitudes to um, being real and authentic and not being fake. Yes. Yeah. I love that word, authentic, and not fake. Thank you. I have seen in the time I've been here that this is a place of freedom. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I, I see this as a place open to the Spirit and willing to let everyone be free in who they were created to be. And you empower that by releasing freedom. And I can sense people here feel free to just be themselves and to explore what God is doing in them together in unity and others actually receive it and love them for trying. I love that. That's beautiful, Candy. Thank you. 
Um, I think having valuing love and relationship over work and programs. Yes. yes. Nailed it. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, you can. I'm going to get the uh, microphone near you. Like em embracing each other as family versus, and it probably is a sum total of whatever has been said, but like family units and um, just saying like, no, you're part of us. Don't come in mm -hmm. and you're yeah. cliquish or whatever. You're part of family. Yes. So you can call on someone and they're answering. We're not a business or a brand. We are the church. And that's not a business or a brand. It's, something, it's not something to make money off of. And it's not something to promote it within the flesh. It's, some, you know, it's all about Holy Spirit. Amen. Love that word family too. So I love that we get what our values are. And let me throw in one other one. Um, no one serves to get value. So no one serves all the time. That's one of our founding principles. We don't want you doing anything around here, whether it's out there or in here. We don't want you doing it all the time. And we don't want you doing it alone because we value, like a family, like Renee said, we value bringing others alongside of us so that we learn from one another. It's family. I'd like us, uh, sorry, Brandon, I should have warned you, um, there's a declarations uh, PowerPoint on there. Some of you were around when we did the, the transform your organization exercise. And it struck me as I'm thinking about our values that we haven't done these, these declarations for a while here. But it, this is from December 2020. So here we are in February 2022. We're a little ways down the line from this, but these are just as true today as they've been before. And so I'd like us to read these out loud and declare these together, if that's okay. There are three uh, truths that we affirm, and then there are three kind of declarations and blessings, promises, if you like, from God. So let's read these together. The first truth that we affirm is... Our destiny is to be a community of God's sons and daughters formed by God for us to be united and healed. Declaring God's faithfulness, we flourish and become fruitful in his family and our land. Rooted and established in love, we fulfill our God-given destiny together. Second truth, we trust God to weave a multitude of unique people together into this family where there is belonging for everyone. We receive new people with joy, trusting them to blend into God's plan for us all. And the third truth that we affirm, the honesty and integrity in our family will bring joy and overcome our differences. God protects our church family and makes it a safe covering for all our people. We rely on integrity, openness, and vulnerability in our leadership, and each aspires to grow in these values. Do you see how much we just pulled out in what everybody said of what's already there? That gladdens my heart. 
because it means that we're actually living what we say we live and we're experiencing what we say we believe. Let's look at the three um, blessings that God has for us. And all of these are in the form of, it's not what was or what might be, it's what is. Okay, so we're renouncing something and receiving something. That's the, that's the structure of these. So the first one, we renounce all forms of religious bondage and receive God's blessings in their place. Identity and acceptance, truth and freedom, connection and contentment. We are peacemakers who see people as God sees them. As we worship God, chains fall off, and we are released into liberty financially, emotionally, and relationally. Amen? Second one. We renounce bitterness and receive God's blessings of shalom, peace, fruitfulness, safety, and promise. As the joyful river of God's Spirit wells up among us, we celebrate everyone growing into maturity and destiny. We give and receive love with purity and offer the salt of the covenant to make our world fruitful again. Now, you may not be familiar with that phrase, the salt of the covenant. We will be unpacking that on a Thursday night at some point down the line. Uh, but basically, the salt was what made everything fruitful in the, in the Old Testament days. Because, of, uh, yeah, don't let me chase that rabbit. But <laughs> that's what that means. And the third one. We renounce all aspects of the orphan lifestyle and receive God's blessings in their place. We receive our identity in Christ and the acceptance that brings. We sing new songs as we celebrate the banner of God's love releasing waves of his glory and the flowing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We receive our children returning home and bringing others, making God's family complete. We welcome each one for who they are, not just for the gifts they bring. We declare that God makes this a safe place of belonging, security, and peace. It is a new day, a day of inheritance. Amen. Yes, you can clap. <laughs> I love that we live our values, and it's our values that will bring cultural change. But I said earlier that I was going to disagree with that statement as well as agree with it. Because alone, values don't bring cultural change. Values only bring change when there's communication around those values. So communication around our values is what brings cultural change. I can hold a value, but unless you and I interact on it and we communicate it, it doesn't change the culture. And actually, I think that is the heart of why we have not been as fruitful as the church at large historically in our nation. That's why our culture is not where it needs to be. We need to be able to communicate around those values so that the culture changes. Now, we don't need to try and change the culture by our striving, 
But as we hold these values and as we communicate around them, not just among ourselves, but outside of this family, outside of the church as well, that's when the culture changes. I want to ask if somebody could read uh, a few verses from John chapter 1 for me, please. doesn't matter what version it's in, but can somebody read John chapter 1, 14 through 18? If you raise a hand, I'll bring the microphone so we can all hear you. John 1, 14 through 18. John 1, 14 through 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. And the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him, and cried out, saying, This is he whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. You want me to go to 18? I'm sorry. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Thank you, Kay. So the word became flesh. The word tabernacled among us, literally. And though we can't see God, we can see God when we look at Jesus. Where does Jesus live now? In all of us. Yes, by the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus the man is seated at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus, who is the Father, yeah, lives in you and me and every one of us. So God is made visible through you lot. That was a deafening silence. God is made visible through you. And you carry these values that we've been declaring and discussing. That's why we did the interactive part earlier. We're going to do another interactive in just a minute. But we carry these values. That's how God is made visible. As we walk around in this world living out those values, living out the life of God that we've received, that's how culture changes as we communicate. Now let me say something about communicate. First of all, the last three letters are the word ate. And I like that because I like to communicate as I ate. We had a little phrase back at the beginning of our time as a church family that the meal is the meeting. Because sometimes it is. And some of you, you just need to invite someone to come and eat with you. Now, it doesn't have to be grand. You know, it could be a sandwich at your place or it might be McDonald's. It doesn't have to be fancy. 
but just invite someone to eat with you because something changes when we eat together. I don't know why that is, except that I think it undoes the curse. We got separated from God by eating, right? From the wrong tree. (laughs) So there's something about eating together that undoes the curse. Now, I can't give you any more theological depth than that, but that's what hit me as I was preparing this, so I threw it in. Invite someone to eat with you. On Thursday evening, we were talking about uh, Hebrews 10, about meeting together. Don't forsake meeting together. And we want to think about how to communicate so that our values become infectious. Yeah, one of the things, well, actually, I think COVID has done two things for us. It's pruned off the fruitless branches of church as it was, right? Where we can go and sit at the back with our Starbucks and listen to something and and go home and that was it. (laughs) That's not working anymore. If you come to my house, which many of you have done, the crepe myrtles that used to be massive, I finally got the right time of year to prune the darn things. Now they look really chopped off. Right? Because for three or four years, life has not allowed me to prune those things, and they'd grown to literally 30, 35 feet high. And when they flowered, it's up there in the trees. And you can't see the flowers. You can't see the beauty. I believe God through this season has pruned unfruitful branches off of the church so that the world begins to see the flowers again. And I believe that COVID has given us an awareness of being infectious. Because as we let go of fear and receive love, we get to be infectious with stuff that's way better than any variant. (laughs) Now, I'm not suggesting that any of us start being stupid about COVID. Please don't hear me wrong. And I'm not going to get into our vax versus anti-vax and all of that. We're not going there. But we have all become more aware of being infectious. And you carry something that everybody you meet needs to catch. So I want you to imagine and expect God to make you infectious in the right way. As you communicate, that's another word, that's another use of the word communicate, is to pass something on that maybe you didn't want if it was a variant. But if it's the love of God, it is something you want. I want you to be infectious. Communication is always a choice. And we need to recognize our need for relationship. So how can I communicate for the benefit of others? Just a brief personal testimony here. Most of you are aware I wasn't here last weekend because I was in Dallas for further life languages training. And I was struck so deeply by the need for communication. That's partly what's fed into this. But 
I was struck so deeply by the power of communication. See, life languages is not about will you pay Mark to figure out how you're wired. <laughs> it's learning how to express your uniqueness in a way that bridges across to someone else's uniqueness so that we can communicate. Because God's answer to the fragmentation in society is his children learning to communicate. So I came home from Dallas last Sunday night. It was almost Monday morning, but I came home from Dallas and I literally rebranded my business from leadership coaching to communication coaching because I believe I need to focus more accurately, more uh, in, in purposeful, purposefully on communication. And so that's what I'm doing. Because all of us can grow in communication. So since I mentioned life languages, let me encourage you to sign up for the workshop we're doing here next Saturday. That is not just for our church family, that is actually for the community. We'll have others joining us. And if you have neighbours or workmates who would benefit, encourage them to join us as well. Uh, you need to go to the website to do that, uh, but there's an event on the website you can click on that to, to register. And it does cost money, but I don't want anybody in our church family to miss that simply because of money. So if money is the only thing stopping you coming, let me know and we can find ways around that. Okay, uh, so when we recognize our need for relationship, then we will choose to learn to communicate better. When we see that it's not working in whatever setting, then we will reach out for, for more understanding, more anointing, more equipping for us to be able to communicate better. That's why we want to make Sunday mornings a little more interactive. Many of the words that we've had for our church family is that we're to be uh, like a, a center for impartation, a, 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 almost like a ministry school, a place where you can go deeper and learn in order to give it away outside of this room. And so we want to focus more on that. And that's why I'm so glad for every one of you being here, because I know you share that heart, at least at some level. And so on Sunday mornings, we're going to make more room for interaction, more room for explanation uh, in what we do. So let's set ourselves some homework, because school always has homework, right? I would like you to uh, communicate at least one of these values that we've looked at this morning to someone else outside of our church family this week. Now, completely wide open on how you do that, but I would like you to set yourself the homework. I will communicate one of these values to someone outside the church family this week. And now let's wrap up with some more interaction. I've got just a few minutes left. So at your table, whether you've got five or six of you or just two or three of you, or you can switch around if you need to, at your table, would you tell the rest of the folks at the table what, God has underlined for you this morning. Maybe it's a value that stood out. Maybe it's a truth that really resonated with your heart. Maybe it's a challenge that really hit home. What is it that God has underlined for you this morning? Because remember, as we talk around the tables, this is communication. As we communicate around our values, that's how the culture changes. So at your tables, talk about what has God underlined for you this morning. And 
I'd love you to share who has God shown you is your homework target this week. So as I said, I want you to share something with somebody else. A face popped into your mind or a, a name came to you or an opportunity popped up. Share around your tables who is it that God has put on your heart for homework. Now, there may not be anybody yet, that's okay. But when you get to that point, I'd like you to agree in prayer, either that God will show you or that God will do what he wants to do through that connection. So start with what one thing has God underlined for you this morning. Then go on to where does the homework go and pray for one another. Okay? Give you four or five minutes to do that, and then I'll wrap it up. All right, I am going to lead us in a prayer, but if you had something you were still saying, you can carry on back to saying it once we're all dismissed. So let's just open our hands to the Lord, please, just for a moment. Let's just open our hands to the Lord, because he's got stuff he wants to do for every one of us in this moment. Father, thank you for planting values in each of our hearts that reflect you. Every one of us carries those values and wants to carry them more. And we want to be those who communicate those values, Father. But just in the quietness now, we want to acknowledge that so often it's fear that holds us back. And so we renounce fear now. The fear of what others will think. The fear of rejection. The fear of getting it wrong. The fear of comeback. Whatever the fear looks like, we want to name it to you now and renounce it. And I want to declare over everyone in this room, everyone in the sound of my voice, his perfect love casts out fear. Your Father's perfect love casts out all fear, washes it all away. So, Father, as we come to a close for this morning, would you allow your perfect love to wash over every one of us? Come and wash me clean from all fear. Let your living water flow over every life in this room, bringing freedom. bringing fruitfulness. And as you fill us with life, let us overflow with that life so that we have the courage, the encouragement to communicate your values that live in us and that are bearing good fruit. 
Father, I declare over everyone in this room, you will blossom this year in ways that many will see. Just like the myrtle trees in my yard. You may have been pruned, but you will blossom this year abundantly. And many will see, because of the pruning God has done, many will see the beauty of God's life in you giving you opportunity to share and to communicate the values and the love that you carry. So Holy Spirit, we are excited at what you will do this week in us and through us. Let it be so. Bless those either side of me with the abundance of your presence to communicate your values and see our culture change. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.